Thanks for being with us on this Thursday morning. Well, we have been talking about healthcare, what is happening with healthcare funding in this country. And joining us now uh, to talk more about this is Adrian Dix, BC's health minister. Minister, thanks so much for making some time for us this morning. Hey, good morning, Jill. Good morning to you. Uh, just uh, before the news, uh, we played a bit of what the federal health minister was saying about health care spending, uh, saying that there was the potential to reach a deal when uh, Jean-Yves Duclos was in Vancouver. We've also heard from the prime minister in his year-end interview with the Canadian press saying that he's not going to kick health care reform down the road and that uh, there needs to be some movement when it comes to the premiers. How do you respond to that? Well, um, Mr. Duclos did come to Vancouver for the health minister's conference, and he made no proposal. I mean, he didn't make a proposal. Uh, the Premier Horgan, as you know, in uh, much of the last two years of his premiership, led premiers uh, to ask for a national meeting with the federal government on the Canada health transfer, something Mr. Trudeau had specifically agreed to and proposed himself, and they have failed to meet. Uh, and so, really, there's nothing from the federal government. I mean, there's sound bites. And let's acknowledge that Mr. Trudeau is excellent to the soundbites, way better than me. I'll acknowledge that. But in the last, in this last few months, we dramatically reformed primary care in, in consultation, working together with doctors. During the COVID period, dramatically reformed surgery care to actually reduce the size of wait lists during a pandemic. Significantly and massively increased support to long-term care, which are key elements of health care. And the federal government, They've been very helpful to us in working with us on COVID-19 and on vaccination, but otherwise has made no proposal. So with, with what Mr. Duclos says and what Mr. Trudeau says, the federal share will decline next year and then decline the year after and then decline the year after that. And that is, um, since this was supposed to be a 50-50 partnership, really damaging to healthcare. So look, Jill, let me make it real simple. They want to meet at noon on Boxing Day, I'll meet. They want to meet on noon, midnight at New Year's Eve, I'll meet. The Premier will meet. The Premiers will meet. It's time that they, you know, ended the sound bites, which they're very good at. I understand they want to stay in that safe space and come to a meeting. But what's the point then of meeting if the, the previous meeting that we just saw has both sides coming out saying completely opposite things? Well, but, but, but let's be uh, straight. The previous meeting was not about the Canada health transfer. I mean, we raised those issues. It wasn't on the table because the federal government didn't want it on the table. So, you know, you can't, you know, you can't have it your way, but you can't have it both ways. But there needs to be a national meeting about the future of health care and the Canada health transfer. And uh, the premier has been pretty clear about that for a while. And the federal government is finding new excuses all the time not to meet. You know, we won't meet until you reform something. We don't know what that is, et cetera. Of course, there's a point to meeting. And the point to meeting is to sit down, have a serious discussion and to come to an agreement. And we're prepared to do that at any point. And, and so, you know, but in the meantime, I uh, mean, nobody is, uh, as you know, and everyone listening knows, we've gone through two and a half years of pandemic, which have had a huge impact on every healthcare worker in the province. We've gone through six years and more of a public health emergency with the overdose public health emergency that the health system deals in part with, but of course families so profoundly, it's, it's hard to speak about. And the federal government is really, you know, they're good at it, but playing games. And I'm not playing games. We're working, we're working every day on these issues and uh, we're going to keep doing that. But the, the long-term um, viability of healthcare in Canada, which has demonstrated its value during the pandemic. You had a report on your news just now 
the, the value of the immunization campaign, how many lives it saved, how it allowed us to get back to normal. That's healthcare, And we're delivering the largest immunization campaign ever right now. I encourage everyone to go and sign up and get immunized, especially children and, and older people right now. And we're doing all these things. The federal government needs to play a part in that. That's been the history of Canada, and that's the history of Canadian federalism. And it's a boring subject. The federal government has most of the spending power, and the provinces have most of the jurisdiction. And that's why we have to sit down and meet and resolve these things. You mentioned wait times, and there was some new information. It was put out by the Fraser Institute. It mirrors pretty closely what we've also heard from Kai High, uh, taking a look at BC's wait list when, for medical treatment, and it's sitting around 20, 25.8 weeks. Uh, that, that's not an acceptable time. We're also hearing from parents who are waiting for 8, 9, 10 hours at BC Children's Hospital. We're hearing from people who have been given potentially a diagnosis of cancer but are waiting months even for a diagnostic test. Uh, None of that is acceptable in a country as wealthy as Canada, in a province as wealthy as BC. So what kind of reform would you potentially be looking at to fix these problems? Well, Jill, with respect, I mean, the Fraser Institute report um, of, you know, dubious methodology does show BC having the second best record in the country. You know that, you saw the report, so you know that uh, to be true. Uh, but, you know, I don't think these reports mean that much if you're waiting for care. You need care. And that's why on surgeries, for example, uh, when we canceled the surgeries, delayed the surgeries at the beginning of the pandemic, tens of thousands of them, we said that we'd make that up and we make that up quickly by increasing the number of surgical nurses and putting in a surgical renewal commitment that has reduced the wait list. It hasn't eliminated the wait list. It's reduced it. In a period of pandemic, which is an extraordinary achievement, not of me, but of our nurses and our doctors and everyone else. So we have a plan in place. It is, of course, challenging when you're dealing with this situation that we deal with right now, with a dramatic increase in visits to emergency rooms. And then you have to respond to that. It doesn't happen all the time. It's happening now. And some exceptional work is being done by the staff of BC Children's, for example, but pediatric units across the province on cancer. We've increased uh, funding the last couple of years and are putting in place a 10-year cancer plan on surgeries, a surgical renewal commitment. You know about the agreement with doctors, which is people in BC have been waiting for for decades, and we managed to deliver on by working at it together. And that's all of those things need the support as well of the federal government. And honestly, they're absent without leave, and they need to join. And look, if it's a matter of credit, because I think federal politicians believe they send money to the provinces, they don't get recognized for that. I'll go out at Kingsway and Joyce. You can come out with a microphone and carry a sign praising the prime minister. He comes out and negotiates seriously. How about that? Sure, uh, we will absolutely do that. But but you must look at this and realize that But more money is not the only answer to this. We look at other countries that have universal health care, and they also have other forms of health care. There's a mix. Countries like France, other countries in Europe that have both private health care and universal, they have better outcomes. So are you even willing to look at that as possible reform to the system here? Well, Joe, we have the best outcomes in Canada here in British Columbia, right? And that's because of some of the initiatives that I've taken. And again, being better than New Brunswick or Ontario isn't the key thing. With respect to those systems in Europe, they have a higher mix of public than private than we do, right? So they're more public than we are. Some of their issues, because they develop differently, we developed a particular form, for example, of care for primary care, working with doctors in the 1960s that was different than in 
in Britain, where they had an entirely public system, they had, the NH, they, had, they had the NHS, which came in directly after World War II. So there are differences between those systems. But I think it's, you know, I would I'd say um, simplistic to look at those European systems, most of which are significantly more public than we are, you know, and say, oh, well, the issue is more private care. We need to provide better care for people and use the strength of the public system as we are at these critical moments because private systems don't respond well uh, to surges in demand and they don't provide fair access to care. We need the people at the front of the list to be the people who need care the most. And that's the most efficient way of doing things. And that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. And that requires in our Canadian system, more of a response from the federal government, but reform on primary care, reform on surgeries, reform on long-term care, a new cancer plan coming these are the responses. These are substantive actions that need to be taken. And some of them are big and some of them are smaller. For example, the recent thing we are implementing now uh, with 320 people to improve safety and security of nurses and health sciences professionals and healthcare workers and doctors and hospitals. You need tangible action. And that's what we're trying to provide. And I know how difficult it is because we live this. We're living this together. We've been living this together for two and a half years. Never has a healthcare system um, been called upon to do so much. Never has it delivered so much, but never has the need been so great. All right, Minister, we'll have to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, anytime. Take care, Jill.